0: McShane Bible Study, Day 141, and we are doing Numbers 30 today. And the uh, this really holds heads of household to a really high standard. Um, if you understand that the things that the Scripture gives us are of more spiritual importance than they are of earthly importance, and that we're dealing... With spiritual realities in our life, we all grow up with certain spiritual realities in our family of origin. Uh, we make a you know we make a family, and, and new things are introduced. <laughs> and of course, the world around us—it's it, a spiritual world out there, and we're dealing with things that we cannot see. And when you're the head of the household, you have authority. Over certain things for your family, whether it be a wife or a child, and we must be in continual vigilance, prayer, and protecting those under our care. This even goes beyond natural family, um, and so the you know when somebody is speaking you know as, as far as vows we we're just talking about the fact that people uh often make big vows back then we can tell by the fact that the scripture deals with it multiple times and you know we've we've had a culture informed by the idea of let your yes be yes and your no be no so i assume that is done less, <coughs> less than it was at that time but the the fact that What we say is important. It carries spiritual weight. And so we should watch our own words, and we should watch the words of those under us and inform and direct them in such a way that we do not let curses stand. We do not let uh, things that are unholy or unrighteous stand. And then moving on to Psalm 74. I don't have a lot to say. Asaph is just crying out to the Lord um and this is this again the lord knows full well that this is how we are over and over again throughout the history of the world the people of god are blessed by god and then they tend to turn away from god and then he warns them and warns them and then he smites them in order to pull a remnant out that will turn back to god and the process starts over again that that cycle must come to an end but up till now and the scripture tells us it will come to an end um and i believe it's coming to an end right now but that's that's been the process over and over again and so something was going on here and he's just calling out to god which is he brings difficulty in order for us to call out to him so that he can defend us so that he can restore us and so that's basically what asaph is calling for here so we are on isaiah 22 and it, it starts out as an oracle against jerusalem isaiah is pre- basically predicting the destruction of jerusalem or prophesying. but there's something really cool that we have been talking about starting in um, verse 15 thus says the lord god of hosts come go to this steward to shebna who is over the household and say to him what have you to do here and whom have you here that you have cut out here a tomb for yourself you who cut out a tomb on the height and carve a dwelling for yourself in the rock behold the lord will hur- hurl you away violently O you strong man he will seize you Okay, and he goes on and on to say how bad it's going to be for him, <laughs> but so this man is over the household of the king, right? Mm-hmm. The so kind of right at the center. There's there's two there's two power centers, right? Mm-hmm. For the for the kingdom, there was the king and the priest, mm-hmm. right? And so this this man was the he was over the household. and Does that he, mean he was like over the king or something? No, he was under the king. But basically the king had put him in charge of ordering his household. So it was a very important position of stewardship for God's people, for the things of the Lord, right? Particularly on the kingly side. And so what we see here is, he has been building tombs to himself, monuments, right? He's propping himself up. So again, this is a picture of leadership. Remember, this is all prophetic for what will happen, right? And so if this is a prophecy against uh, the, the people who are supposed to represent God, Jerusalem, uh, being done away with, And here he's specifically saying that those leading the people are building monuments to themselves, you know, working on building giant churches, working on building, whatever, selling millions of books, whatever it is. Um, And so I just think this is really powerful because, you know, we looked him up because who, who are these two characters? I mean, I don't know these names. And. And he was, you know, the Wikipedia calls him the finance minister, whatever. But the scripture says he's over the household. And and then we go to the next guy. He says, in that day, well, so 19, just finishing up with Sheba. I will thrust you from your office and you will be pulled down from your station. 20. In that day, I will call my servant Elykium, the son of Hil- Hilkiah, and I will clothe him with your robe and will bind your sash on him and will commit your authority to his hand. And he shall be a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Okay. So it's getting big there. So before it starts getting big, um, so he is now going to take, he's saying, I'm going to raise up somebody new to take this position of authority to represent God and help steward his Mm -hmm. household okay Mm -hmm. so this is this is a big picture we're going to get very clearly it's going to talk about jesus here in a minute and very clearly this is a prophetic figure of jesus but it's also important for us to understand that the lord is doing this worldwide and there will be many brought down and many raised up and uh so let's let's get into it so i will bind your sash on him will commit your authority to his hand and he shall be a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. Well, that's a pretty big deal, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not just. <laughs> this is not just a guy overseeing a household. He's a father to Jerusalem and all of Ju- J- Judah. This is pretty mm-hmm. powerful, right? Twenty-two, and I will place on his shoulders the key of the house of David. He shall open, and none shall shut. And he shall shut, and none shall open. Okay. Revelations 3 quotes this, right? Mm-hmm. It's very clearly talking about Jesus inheriting the key of David. Mm-hmm. And, and so that, there's a picture of authority for mature sons of God that he lifts up, that, that he wants to give many throughout the mm-hmm. world this key. He wants to give many this authority. That's his plan for mankind. But we have to be willing to give ourselves to him to this process and be raised up, be disciplined, be trained, be transformed in order that we're no longer living for our flesh and we're no longer living for the world, but we're living for him. Mm -hmm. And when the time is right, then he can place us for this, you know, for his purposes. Mm -hmm. And so, um, again, Jesus is first, foremost, the way, the truth and the life. No one goes to the father except through him. But his purpose is to be the pattern life for many sons. 23, and I will fasten him like a peg in a secure place, and he will become a throne of honor to his father's house. You can't become a throne of honor to your father's house unless you've died to yourself. Because otherwise you build monuments to yourself. Mm -hmm. Right? And so Jesus completely died to himself. Uh Literally in his case. But but. We, we, can, we can point at the dying on the cross. In my opinion, and I've never had anyone say they're going to put me on a cross, but in my opinion, it's easier to die on a cross in one day, even with all the beatings that you undertook and everything, than to, than to live for years and decades dying to yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus did that first before the cross. The cross is the obvious thing. The life in submission and obedience to the Lord is what he endured enabled to make him worthy to die mm-hmm. on the cross. You see that? Had he not mm-hmm. done the other, there were lots of people Romans killed on crosses. None of them were the Lamb that took away the sins of the world. Mm-hmm. It's the one who lived in perfect obedience to the Father, who could be killed on a cross for our sins, right? And I will fasten him like a peg in a secure place, and he will become a throne of honor to his father's house. That's that's wonderful. All right, let's move on. And now we are moving on to Second Peter 3, which will finish the book. And uh, Peter starts talking about the day of the Lord, the last times. And he says in verse 3, Know this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing following their own sinful desires and so this is clearly happening i mean they had scoffers then but he says specifically in the last days they were multiply well we just talked about this and decided we should record this it's been multiplying so 70 years ago this was very much a christian country if you if you were to talk against christ you'd be shunned by society um there's certainly some bad aspects to that because it was a very religious society, um, but the the good aspects is a lot of the craziness of the enemy running amok amongst people and changing the way people think about things was tamped down because you you couldn't get along in society very well. Well, now you have it's it's more. Popular common to scoff at the Lord and the reality that there is a God and there is a way to live according to god's mm-hmm. wisdom uh theres it seems like there's technically I think there's still more people that call themselves Christians, but they um many mm-hmm. still go they allow themselves to be trained by the wisdom of the world instead of the wisdom of the Lord, and mm-hmm. so what you have is the wisdom of the world is the predominant wisdom. And so you start to have all kinds of crazy things that people think is normal. And if even uh, it's, it's something just going on in the natural world, which I won't really get into, but there's a, a big movement that's going on, been going on for decades. And they kind of won some years back, I don't know, five, ten years back, uh, a, a pretty big court case. And, and they won. Well, they always used a certain argument but now that they won that in the, in the world, like it doesn't change God, but in, in the way that our culture goes, they won that argument. And now you have media pushing this and everything is just pushing it. But now that they already won that, is the enemy satisfied that he won that one little battle? No. He wants to conquer us completely, right? And the people that are even fighting for that don't realize they're being controlled by the enemy. They think, you know, they think it's their thoughts. They don't realize that there's demonic influence in their lives that have, have them in chains. And so now they've completely flipped their argument because now they're pushing all kinds of weird, even more bizarre things. But the old argument doesn't work for the new bizarre things they're, they're pushing. So they've come up with the completely opposite argument than the one they used to win the last battle. So if you even have a rational mind and you can follow all this, even if you don't believe in the Lord, you can say, well, you people are completely inconsistent. There's no rational logic to your positions, but none of that matters. Nothing's logical about it. There's nothing. They always claim that they're on the side of science, but they're constantly (laughs) going against science, you know? So... um, as if science is something you can be on the side of or against—that whole whole thing is ridiculous. But anyways, the point of all that is, the wisdom of the world is being more and more informed by Satan and his kingdom, just as Peter said it would be here. And but then he says, so he says, hey, there will be judgment on all that, but he says, look, he will bless his people through it, like he will raise up a new heaven and a new earth, right? And Peter, and then he goes on to talk about the fact that, hey, when Paul writes something, it's scripture. But Peter's pretty clear. He doesn't even understand everything Paul writes. Peter, in many ways, was living this thing to the extent that it could be lived in that time. Peter was living it. I don't mean to take anything away from Peter. Um, but the Lord gave Paul deeper understanding of His purposes for mankind, mm-hmm. and so Paul wrote about these things and pointed to these things. Even though Paul didn't was also very clear that he didn't experience the fullness of these things, these things are are uh, hidden for the last times. So Scripture is very clear about that, right? Mm-hmm. So the fullness of what God intends for mankind is still to happen and it's to happen in our day. And I don't know that all will you know, what, what's the fullness the full all the way to the top. You know, I don't, I don't know that I'll see that. Um, I don't know for a fact that y'all see that. Maybe we'll all see it. I, you know, I don't know, but, but I know we're in a, a season of transition very much right now. And we're transitioning to a kingdom age from a church age. And that, that, involves living according to the culture of god living the way that he lives a life together with god dependent on god led by god but so that even when we're making our own decisions we're informed by his wisdom not our own mm-hmm. and that we're living for him and each other more than ourselves <laughs> right mm-hmm. and so it, it's cool to see that they could see these things but not grab hold of them. But even though Peter didn't fully understand all these things, the Lord made it clear to him, hey, this is Holy Scripture that Paul is writing. So you can't ignore it. Right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think that's a wonderful, and we were just talking about how God uses one one way and one another way. Is that to say Paul's greater than Peter? No. Mm-hmm. Is Peter greater? Someone said Peter's greater than Paul. No. Mm -hmm. they were both blessed, highly favored, highly used by the Lord for his purposes, right? Mm -hmm. And they gave themselves for that, and that's all they wanted, right? I want to be used however the Lord wants me to be used, and no other way. Mm -hmm. You know? I don't want anything else. And I have no idea what that looks like, and I don't care. I have some idea. But going after things for our own flesh Mm -hmm. is foolishness Mm -hmm. it's the way of the world and it's the way everybody's doing it but you see here these men living for their and we know neither one of them was like this to begin with right Mm the the church has made a lot of mistakes of lifting them up as super holy men that we well we can't be like paul or peter well no we know what they were like in the beginning of their lives and they were not mm-hmm. particularly impressive men, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe they had certain aspects, but we all have certain aspects that are impressive, right? We all have mm-hmm. certain things we're really good at in certain areas where we're, you know, not as impressive, right? Yeah. We all have that. Mm-hmm. So did Paul and Peter, but they gave their lives to the Lord and he lifted them up and he used them to bless many. And that is the call of our hearts, that Lord lift us up. Use us for your purposes. Mm-hmm. Help us completely die to ourself and to the world that we be used in, for, and through you. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all have anything else? No. Well, God hey, bless bye. you. Bye. God bless you.